and welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for being with us here today. Here on the program today, we start a two-episode conversation with Mac Marshall, VP of Market Intelligence with the United Soybean Board. We talked to Mac about the recent USDA reports and some of his thoughts and outlook as to what direction we could see the soybean market take here over the weeks and months ahead. We talked to Mac about a week ago, getting you this conversation. Now, here is part one of our conversation with Mac Marshall from the United Soybean Board. What is your take on the numbers we saw for soybeans? That acreage number a bit lower than a lot of analysts expected. Mac, what did you make of the USDA numbers? Yeah, towards the lower end of the range. And I think it's it's always an open question. You know, are you looking at it? And this is why you see to often see two polls on these reports. Are you looking at it for where you think the number is actually going to wind up when uh, everybody surveyed post plant and how things that, you know, actually went in the ground? Or are you... Uh, you know, trying to estimate what the report's going to say, because those are those are two different things. Naturally, whatever unfolds at the end of March when we get that. I, and I like the way you put it as a building block for, um, you know, the the data that's evaluating market conditions and what actually goes in the ground. Um, th- there's there's, you know, so much potential for that to move between where we are now and when farmers actually get out in the fields. And I think, you know, that that's true in any given year. Um, you know, last year, for example, when plantings came out, we were looking at 91 million acres of soy. Um, and of course that didn't come to fruition. It was, I think we were at 87.5 and we're fractionally up on that for this year, 2023, as you know, articulated by the prospective plantings report. Um, but, you know, I just used last year just as one example, and you can look at many, many, many years, but you know, that's obviously the most recent one. And, you know, you do see these changes. You do see, uh, you know, last minute cropping shifts. You do see shifts in uh, you know availability of inputs which can dictate what actually goes in the ground. We saw some of that some of that last year where you know in some parts of the country farmers want to get corn in the ground but you know uh, delayed shipment, lack of availability at you know the time when you need to plant, you know those things uh, all happen too. So I think you know there's a couple variables that are really worth watching over the coming weeks. Um, you know certainly, you know, first and foremost, let's let's look at those corn and bean numbers and the geographic distribution of them. Where you see the biggest jumps year on year for both crops are, are up in the Dakotas. I, think, I forget the exact change for for corn, but for soy, it was a plus uh, eight hundred and fifty thousand acres, I believe. So you know, pretty pretty substantial increase there. But as we you know consider the weather and the snowpack across the northern plains and into Minnesota. Um, you know, how long does does that persist? You know, maybe we don't have a precipitate, a wet spring brought on by, you know, precipitation, but of course, you know, there's there's snowpack runoff and everything too, which, you know, could potentially delay field work uh, on the corn side. And maybe if that gets delayed enough, you see some shift to beans. We've certainly seen this happen in other years. Um, 2015 comes to mind for me, the expectation was that we'd have over 90 million acres of corn and it, you know, wet spring kept pushing back those corn planting dates you know till you get past uh the the crop insurance dates and then it, it behooves you to plant beans so we had you know more beans than expected that year mm-hmm. um so certainly you know that piece uh overlaid with you know of course the the precip and temperature and everything that actually happens day to day with the weather um you know we've been i think on a on a trend and pattern where we've seen more and more precipitation in the spring throughout the Midwest. We certainly saw this evidence in 2019 when we had a huge 
amount of prevent plant for both corn and beans, uh, again, in, in the northern plains as well as in the corn belt. Um, so even while the number, I think, is, is surprising as we're still reconciling it from Friday, and then you've naturally seen the market response since then, where yeah. beans, you know, were up uh, for several days um, following a, you know, a string of losses over the last, over, over the prior, like, 12 uh, trading sessions or so. And, um, you know, certainly when you have that price response to the acreage report, it, it, it does shift some of the calculus and economics on some of those marginal acres. But everything I've talked about this far, you know, I've talked about some weather things. I've talked about, you know, economics and price and everything. But mm -hmm. this is, I mean, we've talked about this before. Farmers are weighing so many things. It's not just about, you know, penciling out your returns. It's about, you know, uh, I think also putting in pen what is going to be, you know, best uh, agronomically. You know, farmers sure. want to balance that that nitrogen cycle, the rotation. You need to, uh, you know, maintain a rotation as well for, uh, you know, disease and pest management. Um, so these are all factors that, that come in as well that if you're just looking at, you um, you know the, the the prices and margins and everything it doesn't tell you everything so that, that that's one piece there and then i'd say the the you know other part which is maybe less relevant than we would have thought of maybe a month or two ago um simply because i think a lot of this is already uh, priced into the market is you know will there be further degradation of the argentine crop so mm -hmm. start yeah. at the season close to 50 million tons that's typically what argentina would produce in a normal you know, non-La Nina year. And, you know, uh, in March, USDA issued another large cut, an 8 million metric ton cut, uh, <laughs> which is pretty staggering. Uh, you don't typically see that, particularly on the foreign balance sheets, but, you know, taking it down from 41 million to 33 million metric tons. But you see local observers put that figure uh, even lower, uh, kind of in the mid-20s. So if we see additional degradation there, you know, maybe there's uh, you know, additional uh, call for soybean acres uh, to, to come up between now and when farmers actually, um, you know, start planting them. Yeah. But, uh, but I do think, you know, look at price levels now, nearby's are near $15 a bushel. Uh, I think a lot of that expectation of a very, very small Argentine crop is already uh, pretty much accounted for. And if we do see, you know, additional cuts, um, I, I don't think that's going to play as much of a role in any last minute margin decisions as, you know, the aforementioned, you know, weather and agronomy concerns. Well, Mac as well. I know the other piece of the uh, March USDA reports was the quarterly stocks number. And looking ahead, we got a WASDE report in front of us for the month of April. So how do those numbers, how do you foresee those playing into the April WASD and what impact could that potentially have on the soybean market? You know, um, looking at the two major reports from Friday and uh, you know, grain stocks, you know, normally I spend a lot more of my focus on any March 31st, uh, you know, focused on the plantings report gives you, like you said, that first building block kind of line in the sand of, you know, where things are, you know, likely going to orient, of course, knowing there's all those changes. But, um, uh, but for the grain stocks report for soy, uh, for this release, I, that's actually the report I found more interesting uh, on Friday. And, you know, that's because last year for march 1st we were looking at inventories of 1.9 billion bushels a shade above that and then you know closed out the year with a pretty tight inventory position and now the march 1st inventories for beans down 13 percent relative to the prior year so now we're looking at i think 1.69 billion bushels thereabout which is you know i mean that's that's a, a large volume but against the backdrop of how much we use it sets us up, I think, for a pretty tight position as we go into the new marketing year. 
And once again, this has been part one of our conversation with Matt Marshall from the United Soybean Board. Part two coming tomorrow on American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.